Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Carnival. You read on a Friday night. Uh, Nottingham Forest have just drawn 1 1 with QPR, a deserved point, I think, as we'll discuss here in the company of, first of all, Reds fan Michael Temple. Temps, hello, are you well? Evening, Matt. All good here. Thank you. And also joining us uh, back after Monday's appearance as well is Mikey Clark. Mikey, are you well? I'm good, Matt. How are you? Yes, good. Uh, relieved after that. But Forrest have uh, bounced back nicely from that defeat to Fulham with a good point against QPR. It's even 15th in the table, a clutch of teams on 21 points as we go into the weekend. Uh, Temps, good, uh, deserve point, a fair overall, do you think? Yeah, good point for overall. Lots to pick at, actually. But I think after that defeat at the weekend, it was just important that we we, we found a, a positive result. And that does feel like a positive result, a point on the road. QPR had been in decent form. And we look, we're looking upwards now. We look how um, close we are to, to breaking into the, the mix for the top six. And it was a yeah, very different conversation we were having six and seven weeks ago. So, yeah, good night, good point, and on from here. What did you make of it? Mikey, did you see that goal for coming for Forrest? I thought a QPR goal was just as likely, but it looked like something was going to happen at the end, didn't it? It did, yeah. Well, firstly, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was another on the main positive front foot performance, some you know good, uh, good areas of play. Uh, I thought we controlled the first half pretty much. Really unlucky to go in 1-0 down. I'm sure we'll talk about seeing the game out uh, to half-time. I thought second off, we probably started the better. Um, but then, you know, Cooper tries and chases the game. We change shape. And for sort of 20, 30 minutes, I'm with you, Matt. I thought if anybody was going to get a second goal, it was QPR. But, you know, credit to the guys. You know, they didn't give up. They kept going, just like at Bristol City. Even the, even the same at Fulham, you know, when we we're 4-0 down. I didn't see many heads drop. But, you know, we kept going. And we just needed, I think I said to my wife just before, we just need a drop of the ball or, a deflection or something to go our way. And you know what? If you keep putting the ball in the right areas and you keep staying positive, eventually something does drop and it did. Um, so I'm, I thought a draw was a fair result uh, and it keeps that sort of positive mindset for uh, for the next game, Sheffield United on Tuesday. Um, shout out to our stricken friend, Greg Mitchell, who has got the old corona and is struggling, but did watch along uh, today. He was messaging furiously about the referee uh, and the first comment uh, on YouTube was, how wasn't that a red? What, what did we make of the ref? I guess there were a few key incidents, two penalty appeals and a potential red card. We'll do the penalty appeals first. Temps with Forrest unlucky there, or would, would they have been a bit soft? Yeah, I think they're both given on review. I think as a Forrest fan, you, you appeal perhaps half in hope, half in expectation. But when you, you look back at both those incidents from... Um, three angles is a big case for a penalty. I think Johnson was uh, pushed in the back with a bent arm, having beaten his defender. Jed Spence got his legs in front of the defender and, and had the momentum and beat him for, for pace and was 
about to have a, a next touch on the ball uh, and he had his legs clipped. So, yeah, I think if either of those or both of those go to Stockley Park, you get a you get a PK. The ref's got to make a call based on, on what you see. And he said no. So I think, yeah, extremely unlucky to have those um, two strong shouts go unanswered first half. I could see when when you're the away team, you probably never get that Spence one, do you? Because it's such a 50-50. The ref's got to be pretty sure. The Johnson one, Mikey, you can disagree with me about the Spence one if you want. The the Johnson one, Johnson penalty appeal is always quite interesting, I because he's quite waif-like and he, he goes down in the box a fair bit. So refs are probably aware of him going into the match. Do you think what, either of those were a pen, Mikey? Um, I'm going to be honest. When I watched them live, I didn't think either were. But, you know, when you see the replay, certainly the first one, you know, I, I was wrong watching that. I think that should have been given. I think, you know, as Temp said, um, Johnson sort of uses his slight frame to shrug him out of the way at the start, bursts into the penalty area, and, and he almost sort of tries to get one back on him and leans, leans into the back of him. Johnson just slows slightly, but, you know, show me a player that, that doesn't do that when they're running into the Premier League and Vardy's made a career of uh, you know, backing in and sticking his legs out and, and, and getting pulled to the ground. Um, so I thought that was a blatant penalty. And I thought the second one, um, my initial reaction was, get up, Spence, that's not a penalty. But again, when you watch it again, I think Temps is right. I think if, and I'm not a big fan of VAR, but I think if we're in the Premier League, <laughs> fingers crossed one of these days, but if you're in the Premier League, that goes to review and that probably gets given. So I had a, a friend who was watching the game in America and they're obviously big on replays with the NFL. And he was saying, they were saying both of them, so more penalties. I said, yeah, you have to give them. But I guess it's what I said at the start, Matt. You know, that's that's the bounce of the ball, the rub of the green that we were just trying to get all throughout the game. And then credit to the lads. You know, we just kept going and eventually a shot deflected and it went in. So, yeah, we didn't get the look at the start. And on another day, that we'd probably get two penalties and we'd turn it up. Um, but they didn't give up and they got, got uh, you know, a well-deserved draw. The uh, potential red card for Johansson on Mighton was interesting because the camera angle was quite close in on Mighton. So I wondered whether it made it look worse when he absolutely clattered him. But then when you see the replay, it was a proper cynical Chiellini on Saka in the Euro final one where I think Johansson probably knows he's going to get away with it and not going to get a red card. But I thought there was a, a stronger case there for a red card than maybe the penalty temps. What did you think? Old school hip check, didn't kick him, so doesn't look violent. It's cynical, isn't it? It's it's a professional foul. I don't think he set out to injure him. He stepped across, bundled him into to touch, and it, it looks horrendous. But the red card's not coming out in those no. in those circumstances. It wasn't in any way violent. It was wily. It was yeah, a, a more experienced professional um, getting back at the. You know, emerging, rapid upstart in the way he knows best. So you don't like to see it. But, um, yeah, it it was a yellow, a very cynical mm. one at that. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? If that went to VAR in the Premier League, then they wouldn't say it was a clear and obvious error and it would still be a yellow. So it was a bit of a frustrating one. But, you know, it's the kind of thing I don't mind if Jack Colback does, to be honest. To a QP. If, he, if Colback had done that on chair, then, you know, I'd probably say fair enough as well. Right, talking of... Um, Aging players, not that Jack Colback's getting that old, but Albert Adoma is. Um, what happened in the first half with Albert Adoma? When I watched him for Forest, I thought his legs had gone. And when I watched him for QPR tonight, I thought his legs had gone. But we made him look like David Ginola playing for Newcastle at times. And with Max Lowe and Spence had nightmares with him in the first half. And I don't think he was man of the match, but Lee Hendry gave it to him, but whatever. Um, 
what what did you make of the the, the wing backs, Mikey? Tonight were they was it an off night for both of them? Or well, certainly, I felt it was for Lowe. Yeah, I don't think Lowe had his had his best game for Forest. But you know, just going back to what Temps was saying about Martin, I, I seem to remember a challenge from a Swansea player season or two ago that Martin's just so quick and he sort of tried to kick him into the stand and got sent off. It was very similar. I think he's just electric place, and if you're a split second off, you're gonna get you know you're gonna clatter him. Um, but yeah, it was probably an amber card. Do they have them? I think uh, yeah, between between the yellow and the red. But there you go. Um, yes, I, I don't think our wing backs had the best game. But then again, you know, um, Doma is is a wily character. He's he's uh, you know been in many promotion runs, played in the Premier League, knows what it's all about. I remember a goal that he set up against uh, Derby in the cup at home, where he beat three 0 and he did exactly the same turn. So on his right foot, came back in on his left. I think he left the Derby um, uh, fullback, you know, pain to get back in or whatever they say. Um, it was a bit the same. It probably was actually. I don't, honestly don't. I should check the team. But um, Spence was a bit caught out on that. But again, to be fair to him, you know he was quite integral in the second half, getting forward. I thought he was one of our better players in the second half. Spence. Um, I think Max Lowe, again, didn't have his best game. And what's quite interesting is he, he can't play Tuesday, can he, Matt? Because it's Sheffield United, his right. parent club. So I guess that opens the debate about who comes in for him. Because I think if we're going to play the wing back, he needs somebody quite athletic. And I'm not too sure Gaten Bomb's that man. So we might need to have a bit of a reshuffle. Um, and it might do Lowe just a bit of good, just sit out for a game. And then he can come back all refreshed um, for the weekend game against Preston. Mm. Well, we'll come to formations in a bit uh, as we go through the game. I guess Mohamed Dragan might be a shout. I know he can play as a left wing back. I don't. I can't see Bong playing as a left back. Maybe play Mighton or Zinkenagel. Zinkenagel could do it, I suppose, as a left wing back. Um, so how do you sum up the first half then? Did you feel like Forrest were pretty good just until the final third attempts? Was that where it just fell down? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the difference between the two sides were those negative penalty shouts and a, a bit of quality from two players. So that the turn from Adoma was great, but Dykes ghosted Max Lowe there. He kind of ambled back, half-marked him, had his eyes on um, Adoma um, setting up to deliver that cross, took three steps back and found himself in all sorts of space. Quality cross, quality finish. And the, yeah, the, the goal is the difference. I think first-half performance was really positive. Um, they mentioned in commentary uh, Joe Lolly's 50-shot spree without a goal in the championship, which is uh, an amazing stat considering how um, deadly his his left peg was um, when he was in his his prime at Forest, or at least yeah, he, I'm sure he's, he he'd argue that he's still in his prime. But when he was in that particularly rich um, vein of vein of form, so yeah, the difference was that um, lack of capitalisation in the final third. There was another moment where. Um, Brennan Johnson found space on the right and rather than, rather than whipping that ball in first time, he checked back onto his left foot. The chance was gone and Graham was frustrated. So I think um, there's more to come. The Everything in that first half suggested that um, there is a, a real method to the play now. There's a real pattern of play um, emerging. There's so much more positive football being played. We're a far more dangerous team to face, but yeah, we do need to be more deadly in that final third. Um, we were talking temps before we started recording and we were making waiting for Mikey to revive his dog after giving it a heart attack when Forrest scored. About how, is it quite a big expectation of Forrest and under Cooper to go from playing this very defensive football to playing as they are and to 
find that cohesion in the final third because that's where the money and the goals are really and it's a big leap isn't it from you know five across the back or whatever Forest are playing to this attacking football and actually being good at it is a, a big step forward you have to have some patience do you think Tanks? Yeah, it's a complete change of mindset, isn't it? He's had to, he has to reprogram every player in that squad. Same players looking like a completely different team. And we were bemoaning previously about having those um, two holding central midfielders playing together and how that was suffocating Forrest. And Steve Keeper's found a way to accommodate those boys in, in the side, in Colback and, and Yatesy, who've been excellent in recent weeks, um, whilst unlocking the, 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 the poise and pace of the, the wide men. Max Lowe was poor today. Um, I think if he was self-reflecting, he'd, he'd, he'd say as much. But Jed Spence still has that flag going forward, doesn't he? He has real pace, real attacking intent. And if you're um, playing on that left flank against Forrest, there's, there's not a hope of you cheating with Brennan Johnson running riot and Jed Spence looking to get forward at every um, possible moment. So, yeah, still a big fan of Steve Cooper. I think that what he's done over the last... Um, is eight, nine games now, is truly exceptional. And to be within striking distance of the playoffs at, at this point um, is a fantastic return and justifies the decision that was made to make that change. What a gaffer. I think um, Temps makes an interesting point there about the midfielders, Mikey, doesn't he? I mean, I thought Colback was good before he scored. He, he had that knack of, he was the only one who could handle the dome. I thought he kept getting his body across him down that that wing. And also he's made a couple of useful interceptions on the edge of the box. And I thought Yates was once again Forrest's best player. Uh, there, was a, there was a ball in the first half where he switched the play off balance and pinged it out to Johnson, which belied his reputation. And obviously he put a good crossing on his left foot for, in the build-up to the goal. How impressed have you been with Yates and Colback recently? Colback had a bit of a blip against Fulham, but are they Forest midfield pairing now for a while? Uh, yeah, I think you probably have to say they are. I think Sky TV put a, um, uh, and I screenshotted it, and I should have my phone. They put a, 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 a graphic up about um, Yates and his um, impact at Forest. And I think it was either first or second for everything from um, passes, chances made, running, all that sort of stuff. So I think that supports the narrative that he's very important at the moment in that Forest midfield. I know he's not everybody's cup of tea. Um, and I think a lot depends on the partner that pay plays with him. But I think Colback did really well tonight. And I would have said that had he not smashed in an equaliser from 20 yards. Um, I think you're right, Matt. I think he, was, he showed his experience against Sodoma as well. Tracking back, getting his body in the way. Um, some of his passes were nice and neat. I also noticed with Colback as well, when we went to a back four, um, he was the one that was dropping in and making that third centre-back and picking the ball off and sort of keeping it keeping it sort of moving and keeping it nice and neat, um, which shows his, I guess, adaptability and, and usefulness to the Forest side that he can play. He can pick the ball off the centre-backs. He can be that box-to-box. He can tackle players like Adoma and run back. He made a couple of good blocks in the first half, and he can also pop up in the last minute and get you a point. So I think it's his shirt at the moment, absolutely. Um, I don't foresee too many changes in the next game against Sheffield United. Obviously, with Max Lowe not playing, they're going to have to fill that left uh, wing-back role. But I think you, you go again with, with the eights and callback. I think it's... it's uh, I think the three at the back allows that to be a little bit more fluid because you also get Lolly and Johnson dropping back in to make that third man if they get outnumbered. Um, but I have to say, for 60 minutes, I thought we were the better team. Um, 
it was only probably really when, when we went to back four and the game got stretched because we tried to chase the game, did we become more open? And Samba made a great save. Uh, Spence made a fantastic block when he's through on goal. You know, that could, could have been 2-0 in game over. But we rolled the dice and yet again, Steve Cooper has, has come up with uh, getting some points out of nothing. My, my, my dad texts me um, saying Hewton would have settled for a 1-0. And he's, he's probably right, to be fair. Um, although, obviously, he'd never come out and say that. But I think it's sometimes you um, you dare to achieve, don't you? And by going for that back four, getting your Martins on the pitch, your Zinkin Igles, your Lyle Taylors, pushing the full backs forward and allowing Colbach to drop back in, it just gave us that extra man up front and it dropped to us and we smashed it in. So, on another day, we might lose that 2-0. But I applaud Steve Cooper's mentality of trying to change it to try and get back in the game. And I think it's something we wouldn't have seen um, over the last year or two. Absolutely not. Yes, you cleverly segued into my next point there, uh, which is very kind of you. Uh, there's a point in the second half where Sky flashed up, as is pointed out here, about Forest possession and you know absolutely dominating the ball. I'm not sure how much they were doing with it. And then they did change and they did get open. I don't know if that it really helped or hindered Forrest, but do you give Temps Cooper a lot of credit again for being bold enough to make a change and not thinking, well, if we stick with this formation, we might get something? Is it a kind of, like Mikey says, kudos to Cooper there or not? Yeah, definitely. He throws the dice, isn't he, and has that has that attacking intent. Um, similarly, I don't think he'd shut, shut up shop with... 25 minutes to go if he was holding a lead in the game. And I think in the position that we're in, um, you know, being aspirant mid-table at the minute and trying to grab every point we can, that's how it has to be. We haven't had the luxury of having made a great start to this season and being able to shut up shop on the road and have a bit of a go at home. As it happens, um, playing away has been more fruitful for us than, than, than being at home. And I think setting up to win on the road is, um, is the reason why... We're where we find ourselves now. And if we do go on and capitalise on the position, will be the reason why um, that, that happens. So I hope it continues. I'm sure it will. I think he's an attack-minded um, manager. He'll have some business to do in January. I don't think he feels, any Forest fan feels, that um, we have quite enough strike force at the minute, quite enough striking power at the minute. I think uh, another... Number nine coming in in January would be a, a really positive thing. Um, and I suppose that's the, the the piece we haven't seen from Steve Cooper yet. We've seen the tactician. We've seen the motivator. We haven't seen the wheeler dealer, transfer maker. And if he can get that bit right as well, then it's going to be a really exciting second half of the season. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right behind his um, attacking intent. I think it's there for all to see. I think the fans have responded to it, but more importantly, the players have responded to it really positively. Yeah, he must be a good man-manager. Poor old Figs. Every time a goal goes in the forest net, he must think, right, I'll be off in 10 minutes here. But he keeps picking him, and he, I thought he played pretty well again tonight. Um, how are you feeling going into Tuesday then, Mikey? Are you optimistic? I think you're going. Are you optimistic you're going to see a forest win? Uh, I am going, and uh, yes, I think so. It's we're playing Forest from five years ago, aren't we? Pretty much, given their team, it's um, they must they must have four or five X of our X players in. Um, so it's not as if we won't know them or know how they play. So I don't know whether that gives us an that gives us an advantage. And um, also saw another stat around Sheffield United's goals that they score in the second half. So um, I think we probably just need to be a bit mindful of that. And I say that because. And I'm not going to be a hypocrite. 
I'm not when Steve went to a back four today, I, I wouldn't have done it personally. But then again, I get the argument that if you have players on the bench like Martin and Taylor and Zink and I go and you don't use them and you stay with that extra defender on the bench and it doesn't come off, the argument is you've got all these players on the bench, all this wealth of attacking talent, get them on the pitch. Um, I'm a little bit more pragmatic because I thought the five at the back was working, which is why I'd like to see a starter again. Um on Tuesday against Sheffield United, because I think it suits the makeup of our players. Our back three is not the most mobile, but if you get somebody else in there with Warren McKenna, be it Figueredo or Embiso, it just looks a lot more solid and allows the wing backs to bomb forward. So I'm a real big fan of that. Um, I'm really positive about Tuesday. I totally agree what Temps are saying. I think Steve Cooper's made such an impact with him and his team. You, you can just sense the positivity that's running through the team and the club at the moment. And, and a shout out to our fans as well. How many did we take down there today? Was it 3,000 mm, on a on Friday, Friday night when the game's on TV? I mean, that's pretty, pretty good, to be honest with you. And I'm pretty sure there'll be 26, 27,000 there on, on Tuesday. So the support's there. You know, I think Temps mentioned the ceiling. We are aspirational mid-table. So there's no reason why... We shouldn't be looking to beat teams like Sheffield United. Yes, they've just come down. But if you look at their team on paper, I don't think it's any better than ours, to be honest with you. Like I said, it says five years ago. So I'm expecting a real good open game, couple of goals, and hopefully we can we can nick it. But we just need to keep this momentum going because I think it's what? Four wins and a draw away from home, excluding the Fulham um, defeat at, at home. I think we've looked more positive, then we've got a draw against Millwall, and we beat Blackpool. So if we can pick up another three points, it puts us really, really nicely just outside the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I'm really positive, Matt. Really positive. Um, Forest's home form isn't as good as the away form, obviously. And Sheffield United have got these kind of, no one's like Mitrovic, but Billy Sharp's that poacher in the box who's going to take the chances. Do you go about the game the same sort of way as they have been at home attempts? I, I take it you'd stick with three at the back and not change shape or anything like that for on Tuesday night? Yeah, I'd definitely keep the shape. I think the the wealth of um, attack-minded squad players that we have, the answer is to get one of them in and to, to, to coin a phrase, put a square peg in a round hole, um, rather than bring Bong in or some other, you know, player who's, who's proved to be slightly substandard, frankly. I'd, I'd try and squeeze in uh, a player with more attacking intent. If we can get... Lolly and Zink and Aglin the same side, maybe. Maybe Mighton is more of a like for like. I don't know, but I wouldn't change the change the the shape. In terms of um, playing at home, I think we've got to get out of this of too much analysis of who we're playing and be a bit more inward looking. Just try and hit our straps, execute our game plan. I think we were probably a little bit uh, in awe of Fulham before they arrived. Um, and, you know, that's not the game we're analysing now. We all saw that at the weekend, but let's be confident. You know, we're a we're a team in form. We're a team that's made uh, massive strides up this division in, in in not a very long period of time. So whoever comes to our place, let's get amongst it, play high tempo, get the ball to our, our flair players early in the game, and and get it get it stretched. And if we can finish chances early on, then I have more confidence than ever we'll be able to to close out games. So yeah, don't change the system. Stick with what's working, and yeah, let's give. Let's give Sheffield United a, a good beating on Tuesday. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. If Garner was playing a bit better, I'd probably 
shift Cole back out one and just ask him to fill in for one game. But oh, you know, don't don't change uh, what's working. Well, I don't know if I even said that right, but I think they're doing well in midfield, basically. Right, uh, we shall end it there. So thanks very much to everyone who's watched along, and we'll be back on Monday with episode 100, which I've got something planned for, but if I say what it is, it just won't come off, and I'll jinx it. So hopefully everyone joins us on Monday uh, to see that, or Tuesday if it comes out the day later. Uh, Temps, thank you very much. No problem. And when your um, mystery guest cancels the 100th show, someone really famous, I look forward to that last-minute call, Matt. It's going to be uh, yeah, quite a scramble. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it's taking place near where you will be on Monday, so you won't have to go far. So that'll be something. So keep your phone on. Mikey, thank you very much, as, as ever. No problem, Matt. Enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. And uh, we shall see everyone soon. <laughs>